gators. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was just checking to see if you were listening. From Destroyam, Louisiana. Hold on a second. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. Momentum, excitement, energy. You know, I mean, they say all this stuff, and you know what they mean, but, you, you know, it doesn't describe what you mean. I mean, it's just sort of out there. You got barbecue back there? I was just worried about, you know, listening to, you know, all, all your guys' rap poison. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. Here are your hosts, Sergio and Tyler. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, we are reviewing everything that happened in week four of the 2021 college football season. Uh, We are going to talk about our Gators and their performance against the Tennessee Volunteers. We're going to talk about all these notable games, and we will get into a five wide that had some really, really good games this week. Um, But let's go ahead and start off with those Gators that I had mentioned. The Florida Gators 38, Tennessee Volunteers 14. Tennessee did not score in the second half. Completely shut out. The high-powered... High tempo Josh Heupel offense was brought to a standstill. Oh wow! And Tyler it was bad at the end of the game. That's crazy. Uh, would, only would someone you... had been saying that would happen. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I wish you, the sideline judgment listeners, could go go through and read Tyler and I's text messages throughout Gator games. It, it follows a similar pattern. It starts with, "All right, here come the Gators. Let's play a good game." Oh my gosh, are you looking at what people are overreacting? Let's preach patience. By halftime, we're out here insulting our friend. Not really insulting our friends, but just out here saying, like, I can't believe our friends are like this. And then when the game goes as we had expected, everyone's just quiet and no one goes in there and says anything, which is fine. Good. You shouldn't. We won the game. Um, but this game played out with that exact same messaging pattern, ladies and gentlemen. So that was a, a, a fun my- thing to, to to read throughout the game my biggest takeaway from this game was that florida it actually they florida just confirmed it they arrested a bunch of guys against this game yeah. 100 <laughs> so first of all that's hilarious but florida played a rather pedestrian game from their own standpoint and mm-hmm. won 38 to 14 and shut out and it was not close past the like halftime half after time. halftime it was it was not close like yeah and again like I've been saying, Josh Hype and like Florida said it themselves. This Tennessee team with Josh Hype's offense can score in big plays on anyone in the country. They can score on a seventy-five yard touchdown. But the Gators did not feel that they could drive the length of the field against them consecutively, mm-hmm. and they were right. They made them have to do that to beat them. Look at that. Only scored fourteen points. Um, tackling is definitely still an issue with this team, and. Yes. Again, it's one of those things where, knock on wood, I'm hoping the defense has improved enough that Todd Grantham finally leaves to take a head coaching job somewhere at the end of the year. <laughs> and and then, you know, it's like a fort. Because Dan Mullen's not going to fire him, especially since the defense right. is playing much better well, this year. I was going to say that. Can and, I can I pause real quick and, and do a little Todd Grantham apology tour? Yeah. Um, let me put it. I, I am not out here saying that Todd Grantham should come back next year as a coordinator. I do think that he overcomplicates things. I do think that he is trying to run a bit more of an advanced system 
than is I don't say necessary, but is common at the collegiate level. Very few programs yeah. can run the defensive scheme that he wants to run. And so kudos much turnover. To, You're dealing with college students. Like exactly, exactly. And kudos to the Gators for you know be, be, the belief in the talent that they bring in that they can reach that. And and that's why you notice when we have elite defensive players drafted, they're really good in the league for the most part because they have that experience. I think that a lot of the fan base is taking out their aggressions on Todd Grantham this year for what Todd Grantham did last year and basically wasting one of the most explosive offenses in Florida history, but he's really not doing all valid, but I don't really think he's doing that bad of a job this season. Yeah. Is that a question of the players got better and they were more comfortable? Some of the older players um, from the previous regime regime have finally completely come out of the system. I don't know what it is, but I want us to kind of start to look at the Todd Grantham defensive lens this year in a bit more of a positive light. We're in better shape this year than we were last year, obviously. And it's also fair to say that if the defense played like they are this year, last year, we could have competed in the playoff. Like, let's not kid ourselves here um, because of the how explosive the offense is. So that's just my little Todd Grantham apology tour. I'm not advocating for him to get an extension or whatever. I like you hope the defense improves significantly that he gets a head coaching job somewhere else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Look, like I still should Todd Grantham have been quote unquote fired after last season. I was a big advocate of that. Um, didn't As think was it was I. going to happen, but um, mm-hmm. should he have? Yes. Does he need to come back next season? I would argue. No. Is the only way Todd Grantham moving on going to be that he gets a better job? Absolutely, 100%. Mullen's not firing him because Mullen believes that he can win regardless of who's the defensive coordinator. That is one of the mm-hmm. few genuine coaching faults of Mullen is that he's a little bit too confident in himself, um, in my opinion. like he, Dan Mullen thinks very highly of his own coaching ability, and he should because he's one of the best in-game coaches in the, in the country. But mm-hmm. you know, sometimes he should know where he needs help. But the only way he's really going to do that is if Todd Grantham needs to get a better coaching job. So... I also hope the defense gets better because I just want it to get better. Um, but yeah, me too. From a defensive perspective, good game, ups and downs, but holistically, very strong performance. Um, offensively, Amory Jones' best game yet. Didn't throw any interceptions. Mullen seems like he's really starting to figure out how to call plays for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. I think that I think the I think the Amory Jones conversation there is twofold. Yes, it's his best game yet, but it's also his fourth game starting in his career. And I also think that is a testament to, like you said, Mullen has a few faults, one of them being that he is too loyal. But I also understand in this situation with the quarterback that has had years underneath the system, knows the playbook inside and out, I am very, very happy to see Emory Jones improve week to week to week. And he's only getting better, and he put up a great performance against the best team in the country, Alabama. So um, I like what I'm seeing. I definitely am not on the I cannot believe we're not playing Anthony Richardson, especially after he had a grain one hamstring strain, which typically is three to six weeks to recover. Um, And it has been two weeks now, two and a half now. And also, I think it's a testament to how confident the Florida staff was where. Not only did Anthony Richardson not play in this game, Kair Elam did not play in this game, and our starting left tackle and our starting right tackles did not play in this game, and we still dominated in the second half. And Ground I game feel is like incredible. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. we're going to have many arguments with our friends and with each other about who the best running back on this Florida team is. I mean, I know you believe it's Malik Davis. I mean, it's not really much of an argument because Malik Davis is the best running back on. Is the, I, let me put it this I way. Malik Davis is the most productive Pierce, running back. Damian Pierce is the most talented running back on the team. He makes shifts and cuts like nobody's business. And then some. our friends are all going to say it's Naquan Wright. Um but that's fine, and I, I understand your Damian Pierce argument. I understand everyone else's Naquan Wright argument. But Malik Davis is the most productive back on this football team. There's an argument to be made for Naquan Wright because of the – it's the Anthony Richardson thing, right? He gets limited touches, but they're explosive when he goes in. Um, He's a great change of pace. But Malik Davis is that starting running back every single week. And as someone who has him on my fantasy team, he has scored a touchdown in three of our four games this season. Damian Pierce so is still better. I don't want to hear it. Damian Pierce is still better. Fine. Great. Wonderful. Malik Davis is the starting running back. <laughs> okay. How's that taste, All ladies of- and gentlemen? It's still, you know, it's still incredible to me that Florida can have the best passing offense, uh, you know, probably the best passing offense in the country last year and immediately turn around and have one of the best rushing offenses in the country the next year. Um, yeah. It's incredible. Testament to the offensive line development, testament to Mullen himself. Yeah. Also, um, Jacob Copeland, hold on to the football. I could have told you this. I could have told you this. I told you. when I, Did I say this on story on the pod or was this off the, off the air? I, I'm pretty sure you said it on on a – on air. I think you said it on air okay. at some point. Like if if I've said this on air, I apologize for telling this story again. Um in NCAA 14, in my dynasty mode, which Tyler and I were just talking about before we started recording. Um, I haven't played in a while, but when I played, for some reason, Jacob Copeland always dropped the football. And I'm talking about I put in Anthony Richardson and I play with Anthony Richardson. I'm talking about Anthony Richardson is throwing dimes into this man's hands and they just fall out like it's a football is covered in Vaseline. It's just like whoop, popping out. And it's so incredibly insane for me to see that translate to real life. And when he dropped those balls, I was like, oh my gosh, this is NCAA 14 coming to life. I'm talking and then about Trent high. Whitmore, Trent Whitmore had the touchdown throw and he was like my number one receiver in the game. So I was like, look at this. NCAA is just telling me I need to come back and play some more. Yeah. I'm, I'm just needing him to not fumble because that was, oof. yeah, it's killer. Yeah. And it was I a mean, third down play where Emory made the right Florida still won 38-14, so it doesn't really matter. But um, Right. But you got to shore those things up against we got a real test next week against Kentucky. We do, and we'll talk about that later on. Um, <laughs> anything else on this game before we move on, Tyler? Uh, no. Um, again, rocky start. Not bad. Just, you know, rocky emotional start to then a mm-hmm. very cruising to a very calm finish. So um, some would say it was rocky until we were on top. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. Thank Moving you on. Moving forward. Um, let's go to these notable games, Tyler. Let's run through these real quick. Oregon 41, Arizona 19. This game was not as close as the final score makes it look like. No. And that is troublesome. Arizona's bad. Arizona's really bad. And Oregon really let them hang around until about, what, eight minutes left in the fourth quarter? Yeah. Something like that. And then they pulled away. Um, The win against Ohio State is still, I would say, the best win in the country. I would agree with you. Mm -hmm. But, Yeah, But I feel like, I feel... 
I feel like it's um it's losing its its fairy dust, especially with the results around the rest of the Pac-12. It kind of looks like it's going to it's definitely Oregon and everyone else in that conference. But also I'm not a thousand percent sold on Anthony Brown. I think he can. Th- there's a lot of talent on that on that Oregon roster. I think he can game manage himself to a playoff victory. I really do. I think this Oregon is can ride this, this is a. I'm going to trigger Sergio so hard right now. Oh boy, what are you uh, going to say? This is the the Will Greer 2015 um, for Gators team. You know, you just need a real quarterback, and then you'd be good. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm in pain. Um, no, but I mean, no, it's actually more of like the Treon Harris version it's, of it's that. It's the 25th. It's the, it's the Treon Harris. It's after Greer got suspended. That Still team. a good team. But right. Everything just, else great, Anthony but he needs Brown, that quarterback. Anthony Brown probably going to get this team to the playoff if nothing mm-hmm. else goes crazy. Um, I agree. It's way easier now given to some other things that happened in college football. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I have there. I'm not going to bet on Oregon even winning a playoff game as long as Anthony Brown is the quarterback unless we see like what their competition is Mm -hmm. um he's a game manager very and like a good one a really good one he's a good college quarterback but they don't really have that special guy just yet um well they did but he's gone um yeah and he was underutilized damn Marcus Arroyo uh Oklahoma 16 West Virginia 13 this game was highlighted not by anything that happened on the field, but what happened in the stands of Norman, Oklahoma, where the Oklahoma fans were chanting for Casey Thompson, the backup to Spencer Rattler, heralded five-star quarterback recruit. Um, not a great look. Uh, I would be lying if I said, Tyler, I didn't receive a phone call from my brother around the halfway through the third quarter saying hey i need to know why spencer rattler keeps throwing into double and triple coverage can you explain that to me and i went no dude he goes i thought you i thought you had the college football podcast i go yeah i do but i can't explain that my guy (laughs) no one can it's funny to watch um oklahoma because i read something up about this where it's like as far as comparatively to last year um Mm -hmm. oklahoma has about the same efficiency rating from down to down basis, but the explosiveness has just disappeared. Yeah. And you can kind of, once you put it into that context, it makes a lot more sense when you watch their games. They still move the ball. They still are talented. Do you know why though? Why? Because of all the talent on that team, the one position group that was really depleted last season was the offensive line. And what happened last year with their explosiveness was the offensive line was able to give a young Spencer Rattler a lot of time and a lot of time for those receivers to get open and maybe the check down. And there was a bunch of space and that went for 20, 30 yards. He doesn't have that anymore. He has to make decisions much faster. And I feel like that's why he's throwing into double and triple coverage because he knows his first couple, maybe his three reads. And because it's moving faster, uh, he doesn't have as much time to kind of sit there and go through those reads quickly. He ends up just kind of chucking it yeah. to maybe a second or first or second option thinking, all right, well, he's going to be there, you know, which is a bad sign for his draft stock. But which that's not the conversation. I we're for sure. Today. At some point, maybe when the Gators have a bye week, so we have a little extra time. Mm-hmm. want to have a conversation about what the draft looks like for the quarterback draft prospect looks like across the nation, because Dude. the conventional wisdom has completely and all been dumbfounded. Yeah. But I will. I want to say that, like, Pivot, pivoting off of that 
Credit to Oklahoma. Oklahoma has not looked good all season mm-hmm. and yet is still undefeated. Win your games. Win your and, clunkers, as Paul Verbal says. Win and, em. you know, usually usually you'd be in a situation where you're just like, these guys are frauds. They're being this. And I'm not I'm not I'm, you're seeing that, but you're not seeing that as much because, hey, everyone's bad this year. Right. Um, so Oklahoma just seems to be continue to win their games. Mm-hmm. And exactly. honestly, if they can figure some of this stuff out, if the offensive line improves. They will have these wins. People will forget about them because there really aren't going to be that many teams with that great of a resume to stack up against. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. Uh, next up, Ohio State 59. Do you have something? I just more want to say, say also credit to Nell Brown. He's a good coach. He is. He is a good coach. I like he, watching West Virginia. As talented as Oklahoma is, or as not as good as Oklahoma has been in the past, they're still very talented. Um, and it's very difficult to go into Norman and put up that kind of performance. So good on him. Uh, next up, Ohio State 59, Akron 7. I literally only put this on the rundown, Tyler, because Ohio State linebacker Kavion Pope, Kavon Pope literally quit the team in the middle of the game. He threw his gloves in the stands, took off his jersey, and was escorted back to the locker room by the director of player personnel. He then tweeted, expletive Ohio State. Um and then afterwards deleted it. And then later on, the tweet that's up right now on his page is good luck to my teammates. So not your teammates anymore. Um, not your teammates anymore. He has Culture. officially been, uh, been said that they parted ways with, with him in the program. So, yeah, well, I'm excited to see you on, you know, the Tennessee volunteers next year. Um, <laughs> Well, it seems like he was a, he he's played in four. This is his fourth season, so I mean he's still had eligibility, obviously, because of COVID. But this was fourth season, so he's probably got one more year. Um, who knows, man? I don't know if I was a coach. That's kind of a red flag in terms I of. Would, I I mean, I'd love you know. It'd be great to have five stars, but like uh, I'm going to take a pass on that. Yeah, um, same. Uh, next up is Michigan twenty, Rutgers thirteen. Tyler, you put this game on the rundown. Why yeah, is that, my friend? Uh, Michigan only Michigan scored twenty points. All of them were in the first half. They didn't score a single point in the second half, um, and they beat Rutgers by seven points. So, can we all just chill with the Michigan hype, please? They still are Michigan. I will. I will see your calm with the Michigan hype, and I will raise you. We need to start acknowledging Rutgers hype. I'll take that as well. I'll take that okay, as well. Perfect. Like I think both of those I mean, things are true. I think massive, both of those things are true. This is a massive. I hate this phrase. Because everybody is, has something against it. This is a massive moral victory for Rutgers. And you know what? <laughs> I know you're all like, don't take moral victories. But when you're Rutgers, you absolutely yeah, no, 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 no. do. Well, Rutgers yeah. definitely is allowed to take moral victories. Rutgers Florida and not allowed. are absolutely allowed to take moral <laughs> victories. Um, More on moral victories later on. <laughs> um, Rutgers, you should feel, feel pretty happy about this. Michigan, you didn't score a point in the second half. So it doesn't really matter who you're playing. That's not good. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, right. yeah. I felt like I needed to put that out there because people would be hyping up Michigan and and they look fine, but like they're Mm -hmm. still a Jim Harbaugh Michigan team. So let's not act like they're anything more than what they are. I feel like you're targeting me right now. A little bit. I'm looking at you in the eye. I feel like you are. You are looking me in the eye and I do kind of have a little bit. I'm I'm not all in on Michigan, but I'm definitely more in beating Ohio State. I'm definitely more in than I was at the beginning of the season, if that makes sense. Okay. I don't think they're beating either Penn State or Ohio State. I agree. Uh, 10 and 2 it is. Uh, Next up, (laughs) the return of our Waffle House University Bees. 45 
Michael Jordan's alma mater, 22. For those uninitiated, our Waffle House University Bees are also known amongst college football circles as the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. They beat North Carolina 45 to 22. They whooped them. Manhandled them. Whooped them. them. By BT dubs, North Carolina, you ain't looking too hot. Um, Ooh, you are not looking very just, hot, North Carolina. <laughs> this is just this. I texted you about this earlier, where it's just like because of a previous game that had happened during the day, we had many things to think about in regards to the ACC. But I said the ACC still sucks, though. And then I mm-hmm. pointed out this game, and I'm like, see, the ACC still sucks. So like, <laughs> um, I mean, I, I was watching the end of this game um, on the ACC network, and when the game ended. Uh, I was at Alexa's and Alexa has the AC network. So I was able to catch like the last seven minutes. And then afterwards they go straight to like their, it's called the huddle. It's the SEC. It's the ACC version of like the SEC now recap show yeah. on SC network. And they were all talking about, <laughs> which I guess we'll just go to this game right now. Since we're talking about it, Boston college, 41 Missouri, 34 in overtime, um, a tough football game. I watched only the highlights but they were all hyping up Boston College of like, look at them. They beat an SEC team. It's fantastic. Okay. And in my head, in my head, I was like, yeah, why don't you talk about the conference games? Why, why don't you talk about well, the sure. ACC conference games? Huh? How did Clemson do today? How did Clemson go? Huh? How North Carolina? How did your how did your two teams pick to meet in Char- in Charlotte for the ACC title? How did both of those teams go? Huh? huh? It was kind of funny. Was no, absolutely. I mean, okay, okay, back to good uh, good win for Jeff Collins. Probably his best yes. win yet. Um, Program defining win, may I say? Yeah, I, I would In agree. Time. Jeff Sims came off the bench, provided a spark. I like to see what they we got going forward. Again, just chipping away. As long as they let them stay there, I think they'll eventually get to a much better position as a program. I don't know what I their agree. ceiling is because you know we have not seen Georgia Tech be anything but option in the modern era of football. So I don't know mm-hmm. what they can actually be at their best. But mm-hmm. they're getting there. Um, yep. Switching over, Boston College, Missouri. I didn't get to watch it when it happened. Um, Great for Boston it was, College. It was a – I saw the, high, the extended highlights. It was a very physical, high-scoring game. It was very much a <laughs> two middle-of-the-pack teams in their conference kind of just going at it, you know? Yeah. That's all it, it was. It just seems like a solid game between t- – there's not much to take from it other than these teams are what they are. Like Right. Exactly. All right, Tyler. Next up, we have Auburn 34, Georgia State 24. And Bo Nix did not finish the game at quarterback. Now, it is said that he um, may have suffered an injury. Mm-hmm. And that is why former to LSU. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I've, uh, former LSU quarterback uh, Finley. What's his first name? Uh, TJ Finley. TJ. TJ Finley comes down, leads the victory. Um, they give him the game ball. And I'm pretty sure Auburn wants to kind of burn the game tape from this. Yeah. Cause, uh- Auburn yes. won this game by 10 points. No, they didn't. Um, <laughs> 10 points in the scoreboard maybe, but no, they didn't. This is the furthest thing from a double-digit victory. <laughs> Georgia State looked like the better football team, and they are now 1-3. and three. Like, I, I, And this is this is against an Auburn team that you know made it a real tough game against Penn State, and they're nothing away from them. This had everything to do with Georgia State is a well-coached team that – you know, has a history right now playing this C teams tough under their current leadership mm-hmm. from Sean Elliott. Auburn absolutely was fumbling the bag every step of the way of this game and they did yeah. not deserve to win it, but they did. So good on them for making, for getting out alive, but the right. entire country saw it. So, um, speaking of, uh, teams that won that probably didn't deserve to win LSU 28 Mississippi state 25 
And I say that before I talked about the game, because if it wasn't for a couple of explosive plays for LSU, this is Mississippi State's game. Yeah, I can I can see that. I mean, I mean, in fairness, that's how I got it. That's how I got (laughs) Mississippi State, from my understanding, didn't really get to. I mean, they were definitely putting it on late. Mm -hmm. But I mean, because LSU, from my understanding, jumped when I watched it back. um, LSU jumped out to a bigger lead. They did. And late, then, in the, late in the third, early fourth is when um, Miss, State Miss, Mississippi State is climbing. But again, it's yeah. like LSU is, you know, not that great. Um, mm-hmm. Neither is Mississippi State, but this is a lot like Boston College, Missouri, and they're like, oh, it's two teams that are of kind of the same level, and you should not be saying that about LSU when they play at Mississippi State. Absolutely um, not. They they have so much more talent. But like we, um, like we talked about last week, good for LSU because – they need this win. <laughs> yeah, they needed it. It, it. Go back an episode and and listen. The schedule to, is not kind to them. It's yeah, like, it's not a good time for them. Um, next up, we have Texas seventy, Texas Tech thirty five. I only put this because it's not often a team score seventy. Just straight up, like pretty significant. Oh my God, Sark, he's the next big thing. Okay, all right, all right, Kevin Borbo, come down. Hey, hey, next Oklahoma <laughs> scored sixteen points so. on a Neil Brown defense. Yeah. I think we're underestimating that. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm being facetious. I like, know you I, are. I know you are. I know you are. Uh, speaking of middle of the pack teams, Kentucky 16, South Carolina 10. Um, I put this game on here because it makes me more comfortable for the skater game next week. Fair. I mean, Kentucky early on in the season looks like a better version of what they are currently are. Like mm-hmm. they are a good, they're still a, you know, good team. You know, I, I really like Mark Stoops. Um, from a as a coach like they they win their close games but only 16 to 10 against a south carolina team that i don't think is bad but like i think i just think that this kentucky team should have beat them by more i agree but i also think that with the defensive recruits that Muschamp brought in combined with the fact that while not frank beamer the man on the sidelines in columbia is a beamer and Beamers play some good defense. They coordinate that they coordinate the heck out of that defense. Um, I think he's very hands-on with this team. And defensively, I think this is how South Carolina's games are gonna go. The games that they win or are close in will be low, low scoring, scoring affairs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think if if a team gets to 20 points, I think it's over with South Carolina. So interesting. I, I would yeah. agree with that actually. I say it. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have Washington 31, Cal 24 in overtime. I put this here so you could feel better about yourself, my guy, about your Huskies. Um, well, they definitely found some semblance of an offense against one uh-huh. of the best defenses they're going to play in, in mm-hmm. Cal true. from a coordination and strategic standpoint. Um, right. But uh, you still – this doesn't change anything. You still need a new offense, Jimmy Lake. Um, I feel like this Washington season is just them when a plane is like – circling the air because they're waiting for a place to land that's the season yeah, for Washington. this is this they're is just a, circling. yeah this season is just holding pattern just holding pattern that's what it was i mean good for them for getting this win though yeah yeah oregon state 45 usc 27 bruh bruh's right listen i don't want to make too much of this because usc fired their good like usc is in a lame duck season talk about a holding pattern um, they are definitely the ultimate lame duck holding pattern team, and I'm really not pay- paying as much attention to them as I would normally, and that's because they don't have a coach. So it's kind of like, let's see State what happens. beat up on USC, blew him out, and no one's talking about it. Is Shout out to I, Jonathan Smith. 
I mean, yeah, shout out to Jonathan Smith. I mean, I personally also want to take a little bit of credit for this because I think I fixed the Pac-12 too much when I moved out here. <laughs> um, just uh, the pendulum swung a little too far. Like you, uh, you, th- you thought you were on track in the first couple of weeks, and God said, "Whoa, whoa, 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 where are you going? It's got to come back. It's got to come back." <laughs> um, yeah, but Oregon State, well coached team. Jonathan Smith, why did you ever leave mm-hmm. Washington? It's because you could do this, but like. Um, I want your offense back in Washington. Also, um, USC. You're, I mean, yeah, you're you're on week four, and you're with like um, you're in the week four, and you're with a interim coach. So, like, I get it, but yeah. come on, you're USC. Like, it's it's going to be hard for USC fans to kind of get up and get excited for games like Notre do, Dame do, and other do things. Do you need someone like a, to pitch Urban Meyer to you now? Do like do you have to like because I I will do it. I will fly back Ty- home and do it. Like Tyler is about to pack this man's bags for him. Go, oh my! I've been saying Urban Meyer should go to USC for years, and then my own freaking team takes him away. And yeah. ugh, never mind, I can't talk about this. Um, I do remember this. I do remember this. My dad just sent me something about Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Oh my! All right, next up, Duke fifty-two, Kansas thirty-three. Who would have thought that we would have eighty-five points in a Duke Kansas game? <laughs> That's really this. That's what I'm getting the at. only takeaway you can have here. Like, what is going Maybe on here? So dude? equally bad. Like, yeah, I think so too. I think so too. That was a sickos game of the week kind hmm. of thing. Something like that. Yeah, and finally, just to laugh. Louisville 31, FSU 23. But I will say, FSU came back in the second half. They're getting better. Uh, I don't know if I'd say that. They're but still 0-4, they def- but they're getting better. <laughs> Moral victories. Louisville's not good, but... I'm just so happy for FSU that they could finally have a moral victory. They, they need it. You know, they deserve it. Kansas, uh, Duke, and FSU. They're all allowed to have moral victories. Um, yes. Yeah, and Rutgers. And we Rutgers, established Rutgers. Sorry, the four of exactly. them. The four of them. They are allowed. They are allowed. FSU, you get to – it's a prestigious club that you're a part of now. Yeah, like, congratulations. And uh, luckily, there's no buy-in required, so you don't have to spend any more money than you already are with your coaching buyout. So congratulations to you. Uh, you didn't laugh at that like I thought you would. Oh, I'm laughing on the inside. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to think of something to counter with, but I couldn't, you were I trying, couldn't get yeah, anything no, better. Okay, that I'm, was a good one. Um, I will counter you with five wide is what I will do. Let's do Notre Dame 41, Wisconsin 13. I picked Notre Dame. You picked Wisconsin. Nope, nope. Other way around. Other way around? Oh, yeah. You're right. You picked Notre Dame. I picked Wisconsin. You get the point. Um, I'm... I feel so bad for the Wisconsin uh, spread betters because Wisconsin was getting this game some was points not here. that not that this big, game this was not forty one to thirteen. Um, Graham Mertz decided I'm going to forget how to play football for the fourth quarter. I don't know what you guys are going to do, but I'm just going to chill in the, the pocket quarter. and chuck it during the fourth quarter. Um, there was a kickoff return for a touchdown and then there were i think two pick sixes at the end of this game it yeah was, it, it was back uh, to back pick sixes it was notre dame's defense and special teams because one of notre dame's touchdowns was a kickoff return exactly. notre dame's defense and special teams counted for three of their touchdowns that's 21 in the fourth points. quarter like they they won this game mm. and 
it's a matter of first of all, Jack Cohn revenge game. We praise. He didn't even finish the game, I think, because of injury. Um, but, yes, he he rolled his ankle really bad. Um, I hope he's okay. He rolled his ankle. But pretty good bad. for him. He gets this win. Uh, Graham Mertz is a good Wisconsin quarterback on a very average Wisconsin team. You know, mm-hmm. is yeah. the way I I try to phrase it in the sense that Graham Mertz does not have the personnel or with him required to utilize his skill set to the best. Mm-hmm. So he'll still throw the same balls and they don't get caught by his own receivers. Does that make sense? Like he doesn't yes. have, he doesn't yes. have some like talented wide receivers, like to create a talented passing offense. He just has him. And I don't, I'm fully on the whole, like pump the brakes on Graham Mertz just because he's the best mm-hmm. Wisconsin quarterback we've seen from a talent perspective since Russell Wilson. But like, it is a matter of, He's got. I mean, it's very. It's Trevor Lawrence's problem in Jacksonville. Like, um, okay, let's not. Uh, let's not put the Trevor Lawrence that, tag on Graham Mertz. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's not quite like that. But it, it's a matter of like, well, just Trevor Lawrence keeps trying to check down to a tight end, and our tight ends are terrible, and literally fumbled a ball into an interception that was perfect. <laughs> That's what you're dealing with, also at Wisconsin, where it's just like mm-hmm. there were some there were some throws that Graham Mertz had in this game early on that were great. Mm-hmm. But this is just kind of an average Wisconsin team. Um, so, so he's with Graham Mertz is a little too good for his Wisconsin counterparts, which in turn is making him look bad. Is that what I'm kind getting? of? It's a matter of his skill set and the way he wants to play football are not matching the team that he's on. Got it. Does that make sense? Well, so like, then you shouldn't have gone to Wisconsin because <laughs> yeah, and then you know you're there for years so maybe that could change and again mm-hmm. Notre Dame didn't look much better than them they just yeah won the game in a couple of unconventional ways i still think without those three special teams defense sores they probably still win this game but it's probably by like three points right i and i also think that this it's just not sustainable the way Notre Dame won this game so i don't think this is indicative of them going forward cincinnati <clears throat> but um but i'm with you i think you know you got to do enough to win and kudos to them and congratulations to them. They did enough to win um, their defense and special teams stepped up when the offense, when um, Jack Cohn went out with injury and his backup did not look good, stuff like no, that. So no. what's funny is that I texted you cause he had like a couple pretty good plays. And then on the very next possession, he threw an interception on the first throw. I was like, Oh, never mind, Never mind. Um, all right. You get the point on that one, Tyler moving on to the game of the week. I'm just I'm so proud of us. We did it. I, I am. I'm very proud of We're us. believers. Arkansas 20, Texas A&M 10. We both get the points on this one. We were all in. We were all the way in, and it was just beautiful to see, my friend. It was beautiful to see. Arkansas looked real good. Arkansas looked good, and I hope KJ Jefferson is is healthy for next week. I yeah. really do. It, it it looked like an ankle thing or a foot thing. I don't know what it was, he, but he didn't look half, like he didn't bad, go back out there. He didn't look bad enough that like he's done for the season or even that many weeks. It was just a matter mm-hmm. of like, yeah, he definitely should sit out the rest of the game. His backup's not half bad. Um, no, he's not. He's backup, explosive. So it's, like, it's not as bad as Texas A and M situation, uh, right. where their backup, well, is still is like a clear step below in like a ceiling aspect as well as a floor. Mm-hmm. Um, Willie Cornsby for, um, I believe that's his name, the backup for Arkansas, can operate the offense. He's just not KJ Jefferson. Um, Arkansas is really talented, really balanced, which is not something I really expected. I knew that they could run the ball, but they're pretty mm-hmm. balanced with KJ Jefferson. 
they're able to throw, yeah. throw it as well. Um, and once again, Texas A&M is super overrated. Yeah, agreed. I've been saying it for weeks. I've been saying it for we, weeks. We have. And that, that's not to take anything away from this Arkansas team, but it is to also like – and I think we are actually having in the national like media of college football an understanding of both sides where it's like, okay, so Texas A&M is not as good as everybody wants to believe they are, and Arkansas is really good. Like mm-hmm. they're not taking away from each other, but Texas A&M is – you know, I've been saying I've you if you've been listening to the podcast, you know my feelings on Texas A&M. I don't need to rehash it. Right. Um, this was a uh, broke a nine game winning streak for Texas A&M in, in this in this rivalry in the series. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just I like that. I heard a couple things this week about the discussion of who's the second best team in the SEC West, and the discussion is Arkansas and Ole Miss, and it's like so clearly those two are the front are the yeah. Second and third best teams, however you want to put it, and I just love that we're in a we're in a position where Ole Miss, after getting hit with all those sanctions, the the Ole piss <laughs> happens. They hire Lane Kiffin, they revamp the program. Um, they're in a great offensive scenario, and the defense is playing pretty well. And then Sam Pittman, literally the last option for a coach at Arkansas, and he comes in and he knows exactly what they need, and it works out. And it's just great feel good stories, and and I love that, you know. Absolutely. Um, so I'm very happy for Arkansas. Arkansas, um, I'm going to consider my SEC West team this year, I guess, is what we'll call it. I mean, unless they make it to Atlanta, which hopefully will be there. And yeah, then I don't care about you, Sam Pittman. But um, <laughs> I do like it. I think it's... Then you remember that Sam Pittman was an offensive line coach at Georgia, and then you get mad again. Oh, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Where do you think he learned how to drop it? Oh, sorry. Uh, next oh, up. Next hello. up. We, <laughs> next up. We, it's like all the good I just said about Sam Pittman in Arkansas. Straight down the drain. Uh, <laughs> you, I'm sorry. Clemson 21, NC State 27 in double overtime. I don't care that I was wrong. Wolfpack, stand up. Raleigh, North Carolina, the center of the ACC universe this weekend. Clemson is 2-2. Two and two. And they haven't looked good in three of their four games. Not a great place to be in if you're Clemson. Um, so, I, thoughts about this game. DJ Uyangale, still young. I'm still giving him a lot of, like, kind of a pass for a lot of things. He has to learn to stand in the pocket. Yes. It's something that Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence did naturally that mm-hmm. he, DJ does not do naturally. Um all of them have been talented. All of them use their legs as appropriate. And DJ is a very talented runner. And I think he's a talented passer. There are passes that he made in this game, especially early, that were dynamite. Most quarterbacks yeah. can't make them. The problem with DJ is, is that DJ looks, stands there for about two seconds. And then if it's not there, he starts to try and run. And Clemson's offensive line is not good enough to give him holes from when they're doing pass protection. Correct. Um, he tries to scramble, and the thing with Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson were so much scramblers. With they were designed runners, and what mm-hmm. I mean by that is like they, they could scramble. Let's not take that away from them. But most of the time, when you saw Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence chunking off big runs, that's because they were calling option plays. They had designed quarterback runs, and they were executing on those. DJ is trying to scramble, and that's only because he's he's panicking after he's not seeing what he wants. Mm-hmm. That's not a recipe. That's not something Clemson has had in a while. It's not a recipe for success, clearly, in this game. Um, their defense is still good. Additionally, Clemson is just being racked with injuries. NC State played an incredible game 
finally got a much needed win over Clemson. They've been really close. Um, and this marks the end of a si- of the it's the first time in six years that Clemson will not be in the playoff. Yeah, it's it's all but guaranteed at this point. You can't lose. I mean, who knows? And let's, let's, let's let's talk about that. We just like mm-hmm. I just want to everybody who starts who's hated Clemson now realize like which is fine. Um, it's kind of crazy that in six years how what Clemson has become. Yeah, because Clemson was the new kid crashing the party. And then they made the playoff for six straight years, and yeah. now they're not. They were the they were the friend that was like, "I'm gonna go to the big, I'm gonna go to the grown ups table and tell them that we need to be there." It's like okay, and then that kid goes, but then he sits at the grown up table and leaves all of his little friends behind. That's what was. That's what Clemson was. But I think to your point, like, yeah, it's been six years. I mean. I don't really see a realistic scenario where they can make the playoff, but then again, the only possibility is of, that the only possibility is that everyone's bad this year, and they're not. I, there's no teams that don't have. See, I, I think I think they need NC State to, but then again, I don't know if that works. Yeah, no, I just no, I don't it, see it. it dude. It's not up it. to them anymore. They would have to. Yeah, well, first of all, they got to win out. Which again, I'm going to be super transparent here. Very possible. Like, they'll still be a ten. They'll be a ten and two team if they win out. It, well, like ACC is bad, and they are the most talented team yeah. now. They are getting hit with injuries so hard, and this mm-hmm. already was going to be a rebuilding year for them. So it's just this is not. This is going to be a step back year. Alabama had one like two years ago. Like, right. So like these things happen. I expect them to be back in the conversation next year, but it's more of a matter of like if Alabama takes a loss. Cincinnati gets eliminated and then Oklahoma takes two losses and Ohio state takes a loss or two. It was like, takes another loss and all you have now is two lost teams. Then they have a shot. Even then they have not looked good. They're currently ranked number 25. But here's the thing. I don't think if they have two losses, I don't know if they'll play in their conference title game because they already have two losses. But well, that's what I'm saying. If they finish with two losses, I don't think they're going to play in the conference title game because they need NC State to be as good as possible to make it look like their two losses are really good. And if that's the case, and if NC State looks as good as possible, NC State's going to to the title. That's fair. So NC State would have a better chance than even Ooh. though Clemson has that Georgia close Georgia loss by one possession. Yeah, but I I don't see NC State winning ten games. Neither do I. But I, but I'm saying. That's what I think. That's what I think will would have yeah. to happen. You know? it, they've so. all but been eliminated unless this is just truly a special year. Yeah, is is what I'm trying to say. Like the only way it could happen, and this year would be the year would happen, is if the bar is lowered for literally every team. Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't think that's going to happen because even though a lot of these teams are quote unquote bad compared to other years, they'll still probably mm-hmm. lose like one game. Like, yeah, that's true. That's that's realistic. I think. Um, but yeah, I mean. You know, this happens. Clemson fans don't, you know, don't be too upset. It's Welcome probably to the rest. fine. Welcome to the rest of college Welcome football. Of college. Fans. You, you've been exempt for about six years now. So, yeah. Welcome back. We, uh, I don't think, I guess I don't think you're ready you. to. Like, um, <laughs> I don't think you're ready to bring back Clemsoning specifically. But, hey, you know, at least you're you're back in this conversation. So, yeah. Good to see you. Head out west, Tyler. UCLA 35, Stanford 24. We both get the points here. We both picked UCLA. Um, good game. Exciting game, in yeah. my opinion. 
Um, but I really don't have much to say. I think UCLA is very much can run the football, can throw when they want, and this team's going to go as far as DTR is going to yeah. take them. UCLA is extremely explosive. They are the only team in the Pac-12 that I think can give Oregon a run for their money on a single game basis. I don't think Correct. UCLA can win the Pac-12 if that's yes. like it. Take that now. UCLA could win their division, and then and then you're in just because their division is trash. Um, mm-hmm. uh, then you're in the Pac-12 championship, and then all it takes is one game. But it's more of a matter of like this team is not going to be a threat to go to the playoff in any capacity. They already lost to Fresno State. That's pretty much a goner. But like, yeah. This this team is the only team I think could really give Oregon a run on a like would really scare me for Oregon to face them. But mm-hmm. even then, they're just so they live and die by DTR's arm and legs. And yeah. additionally, on the other side of the ball, Stanford has a passing attack. Like <laughs> yeah, touchdown, well, they have like some deep touchdown throws, which are you well, know, if you remember their quarterback whose name is escaping me, Tanner McKee. He's like yeah, he, yeah, he's like twenty four. He went on his Mormon mission. He was like the number one quarterback recruit coming out of high school. Bad to be, not a, bad to be the number one quarterback recruit in this draft class. Yeah. Now that's <laughs> DTR. That's a take, but... I don't actually fully believe it, but it's one of those things where like, if you had to draft people right now, this instant... We can have that during the bye week. Yeah, we'll talk about we that, that later. later. I, want, I wanted fun. to give a mid-season like, little talk about it. Let's but, do that. Let's do that during the bye week. Look, look at us, planning the podcast on the podcast. Um, no, but I'm with you, man. He he's he's got an arm. He's got an arm, and and I think Stanford is better than the performance that they showed against Kansas State. And I just think it's because Kansas State's defense is so good. Yeah. In general. So uh speaking of Kansas State, last game in five wide, Kansas State 20, Oklahoma State 31. Neither one of us got the points. We both picked Kansas State because of that defense. Um Spencer Sanders still not sold. No, I mean Oklahoma State's think- Offense is good from produ- mm-hmm. from a productivity standpoint in the sense that right. it always is. Exactly. I ain't drafting Spencer Sanders. Like <laughs> absolutely not. Not even in not even in college fantasy, in my opinion. This so. is yeah, but this is the one game where Kansas State not having Skyler Thompson did actually this come back to bite them. And additionally, yeah. Oklahoma jumped out, Oklahoma State jumped out to an early lead, and Kansas State is not a team designed to come back. Mm-hmm. They're they're t- team designed to kind of control the game and they're very good at that but asking kansas state to start stretching the field every play that's not really that's not their game yeah that's not how they play so um all right tyler two point conversions i'm so sorry you had picked iowa state to be baylor (sighs) and this did not come true baylor 31 iowa state 29 but before you go on tyler before you talk about it I do want to point out, Baylor is 4-0. Baylor are finding ways to win football games. They're doing a good job about it. In all honesty, this was a really good football game. Yeah. And, I mean, Iowa State is basically in the exact same position they were last year. Um, <laughs> so, I don't like, it's fine. They're a good team, mm-hmm. talented. Brees Hall is going to be an NFL running back that I hope goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars. But um, Even though you have... Um, Travis Etienne coming back next yeah, year with, and we have James Robinson. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like um, <laughs> the only thing I want more than that is an offensive lineman or a tight end. But mm-hmm. sorry, we got Dan Arnold, Arnold now. So friggin' congratulations on trading C.J. Henderson for Dan Arnold. 
Anyway, uh, you sure you sure it's not Sam Darnold in like a I mustache? I straight way? up thought that that's what it said initially. <laughs> I was just like, why? Like, first of all, <laughs> if it, if the goal was to weaken the Panthers, I mean, well done. Like, um, but yeah. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, mm-hmm. Iowa State's good, but they just they made a lot of mistakes, and they're they're playing mistake football, and you can't keep doing that. Um, and ba- Baylor on credits Baylor. Baylor looks really good, like. So we'll see what's up with Baylor. We'll see if either of these teams can give Oklahoma a run for their money. Because yeah. Oklahoma ain't looking too hot right now. It's fun because the Pac-12 is Oregon and everyone else. The Big 12 looks wide open. The ACC looks wide open. And the SEC looks more – the Big 10 is Ohio State and Ohio State, Penn State and everyone else. And then the SEC looks as open as it has in years. Then that's obviously with a massive asterisk with – Georgia and Alabama, but everything else. But, but the, well, the weird thing is the SEC seems to have – it's less of a case of – in all those other conferences, it's the top team has kind of come back down to the uh-huh. rest of the group. Oklahoma and, and Clemson have kind of come back down to the rest of the group. Mm-hmm. And while Alabama has slightly come down, it's like Ole Miss and Arkansas are good now. Right. Georgia and Florida are still very good. Like, mm-hmm. And on top of that, Auburn is still talented and they did win. So ultimately – if they keep being good, people will forget that. Um, right. Yeah. So it's interesting. Interesting. Interesting is correct. Um, last game, two point. I would like to extend an invitation, Tyler, for you to hop on and join me on the Mel Tucker hype train. Oh, I'll do it. W- gladly. Would you would you be my co-conductor on this train? I will. Thank you very much. Michigan State 23, Nebraska 20 in overtime. Mel Tucker put some respect on my man's name. God, I was so happy to see this happen. I was so happy to see this. Michigan State's looking pretty good. Michigan State looks good. Only in the second year. Only in the second year. They're physical. They seem to have found a quarterback. The defense is playing really, really, really well. I'm very excited. I'm very excited, and I'm glad I got the two points, um, putting my faith in uh, one Mel Tucker. All aboard. Tyler, I, I that will, brings- I will ask. Mm-hmm. I will ask. Yes. Since we talked about moral victories earlier, mm-hmm. where does this game fall on the Scott Frost moral victory ranking? Like, oh, no, no. Scott Frost only got a moral victory pass for the Oklahoma game. Okay. That was cool. a one-time use. That was a hall pass one time. Because they should. That was, Yeah. Yeah. No. Honestly, he, you, got, you probably got to feel bad that they didn't win this game. If you're if you're a Nebraska fan, like there's no moral victory here because you could have won this game. Like if I'm a Nebraska fan, I feel darkness <laughs> for a while, and I'm looking for the light at the end of the tunnel, but there's none in sight. That's what I feel if I'm a Nebraska fan. Oh, so it's dark. Yeah, no, man. It's dark. It is dark. Um, the score to date, Tyler, I have 20 points. You have 15, but it's okay because week five is coming up and you have another opportunity. My friend, you have another opportunity. All right. Um, long game, baby. Long game. Before we go to college fantasy, I do want to point out the AP top 25. Tyler, it looks pretty stable, right? Alabama, Georgia, Oregon, Penn state. That's your top four. I like that. Your next two, I really argue there. Nothing there. Your next two are Iowa and Oklahoma. Uh, see, then it's Cincinnati. And if right now you're telling me to pick Cincinnati, Iowa, and Oklahoma, I'm picking Cincinnati. Out so that's of those the funny three. thing. Cincinnati's ranked behind two teams I think they're better at than, and ranked uh-huh. above a team that I think they might be worse than. 
<laughs> well, after Cincinnati comes Arkansas at eight, Notre Dame for I'm going to behave. Notre Dame is at nine. Uh, Florida moves up a spot at 10. And then you have Ohio State at 11. I wonder when the last time Ohio State wasn't in the top 20. That's that's a, that's an interesting fact. It has to be some one of those. It has to be like the Dwayne Hassens year at some point, right? They probably dropped to like 12 or 13. Maybe the range they're at now. Yeah. Could be. Ohio State 11, Ole Miss up to 12, BYU to 13, Michigan jumps from 20 to number 14. Oh, for being Rutgers by seven points? Sorry. Yes, I'm, for being uh, Rutgers by seven behave. points. I should also behave. You should also behave, yes. Uh, A&M drops from 7 to 15. Coastal moves up a spot to 16. Michigan State moves up to 17. Uh, Coastal moves up from 17 to 16. My apologies. Michigan State moves up from like 21 to 17. Fresno State, hello, what a leap. They come from like 22 to 18. That was unexpected, especially since they played UNLV and they were down in the first half. It was on a Friday, though, so kind of got lost in the shuffle. Facts. I think it kind of got lost in the shuffle. Oklahoma State, 19, UCLA, 20. Baylor, number 21, welcome to top 25. Auburn, 22. NC State, 23. Wake Forest, 24. And the next team... Clemson at 25. It's got to be the lowest in like eight years. I think it's the first time outside of the top 10 in, I think they said something like three or four years. Jeez. Before Trevor Lawrence. I know that for a fact. Yikes. Um, You know, another funny, another funny thing, the ACC Instagram account, like the ACC network was like, Top eight uh, ACC teams rank in top 25, and it was literally NC State, Wake Forest, and Clemson at 23, 24, and 25. Uh, <laughs> like someone approved that graphic and said, yes, that's a good thing to send out there. Yeah. It's pretty, I don't pretty rough. You might want to gauge the room before you do that. Honestly, I if, I was the, if I was the ACC, I would say. And then ACC adjacent member Notre Dame coming to the number nine. <laughs> yeah. At that point, yeah. <laughs> At that point. And my, my one takeaway I will say is that Ole Miss at 12, while that does feel low, they didn't play this week, so I'm okay with it. Like I am as well. And they're about I to play Alabama well. soon, so we're going to find out how where they should be ranked. Like Absolutely. We will talk about next week's games later on this week on the preview episode, but oh boy, we have three juggernauts and then a couple, a few more really, really good quality games, but there are three bangers this week. Um, Tyler, before we go, you want to give us an update on college fantasy? No, I lost. <laughs> no, I would rather not. <laughs> nah, I'm not really feeling it. Um, I actually have been very busy and I have not checked my fantasy this week. So did I win? Did I lose? I lost. Courtney yes. I beat my brother Diego. Um, listen, I know that, um, North Carolina is not as good as they were, but for fantasy purposes, I don't care because Sam Howell threw for 306 yards and two touchdowns, had eight rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Uh, he did. Um, no, wrong player. What am I doing? No, no, no. Click on click on Sam Howell. Click on Sam Howell. Sammy Howell. Sammy Howell. What did you do? What did you do? This Wasted is fantastic podcasting. From several of my players. Just for there we go. Freaking, oh, he he lost three fumbles, so he lost six points, but it is what it is. Um, I had David Bell give me a goose egg, and I still beat my brother. You love to see it. You love to see it. I hate it. I hate so, it. And then what did you do, Tyler? You lost to Courtney Mims. Would you look yeah, at I that? Did. Not by much. Hey, your quarterback gave you fifty-five points. That's pretty good. Yeah, but 
the rest of my eh. I was missing so like I have two of the old Miss wide receivers. Got it. Okay, so it was a rough and, week for you. And I have the, my quarterback, Zap Zaps, mm-hmm. one of his best yes. wide receiver. I also have him. Um, okay. Well, it's just like I was missing a lot of people off of like bye weeks and stuff. And I had some good players, but Tyler, I'm your frick- second, I'm your bench- second I'm highest benching Max Borgie. Your second highest score was Georgia's defense at 39 points. Yeah, I know. Because it's Georgia's defense. No, I know, but it's not a good sign when your defense is your second highest score. <laughs> you know, it's funny, but though, because like that has happened for me pretty much every week because it's Georgia. <laughs> like, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. They usually, but like, I'm just firing in the dark with all these players. So I, I, I feel yeah. pretty good about this week's roster now that I have the two Ole Miss guys back uh-huh. and I'm benching Max Borgie. Right. I'm just, I, I can't do it anymore. But, um, I, I respect it. I respect it. It's okay. I'm I am one in three, which is not great, but I'm only I'm still ranked sixth, which so not at the bottom. How many teams are there in our league? Eight. Okay. Awesome. But I can still make the playoffs. <laughs> That's true. We, we we intentionally made the playoffs a bit bigger so that way we could include more teams. Hey man, um, you know, it, it, I cannot be doing this. I, every year I play college fantasy, I suck at it, and I don't know why because I, I love college football. But like Tyler, it's been like three seasons I, that we've done this. I know, and I've sucked in each one of them. Like um, <laughs> it's, I think it's because I get too much in my head about it. Like I, th- I you try probably to do. What? I said you probably do. You, you, you are a person that really values matchups when setting up your lineup. And sometimes you just got to let the good players ride out, dude. Like, yeah. Are also they playing a top 10 defense? Yeah. Also, sometimes I I am like, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. <laughs> sometimes I forget that the computer tells you what's favored because they're doing research about this. And it's bigger. Exactly. It's a bigger culprit in like fan in professional fantasy football and like NFL mm-hmm. fantasy football. Cause I'm like, there's a whole industry based off trying to figure out who's going to, who's projecting the best points. So it's not mm-hmm. like just some smuck number. Like, um, right. but then I always think that I'm smarter than it. That's your problem. You got to start listening to them sometimes, yeah. but I digress, but I digress. Uh, Tyler, that's it for the week four review. Um, if you, would like to subscribe to the Sideline Judgment newsletter, make sure you send an email to sidelinejudgment at gmail.com. That is judgment with an E. And I will be able to put you on the newsletter email list. You will receive my newsletters that I put out each week. Tyler, anything else you want to say before we sign off? No, I'm another great week of college football. Um, yeah. As I say every week, because every week has been great. And yeah, I'm very yeah. excited for the next one, though. Oh, oh. It's going to be it's going to be very excited. Like I said, three bangers and some more. But we will talk about that later on this week. Tyler, that is it for this episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And we are not biased, but go Gators. Go Gators. Gators.